Welcome back to That Girl with me, Danielle Decker. So glad you're with me today. Uh, so thankful that you decided to press play today. And uh, I am so excited to be with you uh, today. So it is a raining, storming, gloomy day here today and uh, where I'm at. And uh, if you know me, you know this is my favorite kind of day. I love nothing more than a really good thunderstorm. I look forward to them. And I know, call me crazy, but I like it when it's kind of dark and gloomy. I love the thunder. I love the lightning. And I have created children that also love those things. <laughs> so we as a family, we get excited when we know that it's going to be thunderstorming. So uh, I hope that you guys are enjoying your day. We have had some days of sunshine and boy, do we need it. Do you guys realize that I always start out my podcast talking about weather? Is that annoying? Am I annoying? <laughs> I suddenly just got annoyed with myself. But you know, like when there's nothing else to talk about, just talk about the weather, right? But it matters because I need the sunshine as much as I need my thunderstorms. So hopefully I can take this thunderstorm today and... Uh, just start seeing more flowers blooming with the sun shining. Amen. So today, actually, I'm really excited about what we're talking about today. And I cannot take credit for the idea of um, using this specific story for a podcast. Um, Brian uh, is a man that goes to our church. Uh, he and his wife, Mackenzie, I love dearly. And um, they work with our kids ministry and are just awesome people. And Brian most recently has been doing tithes and offerings and um, just kind of getting to speak to the congregation a few times a month um, before service is over. And it has been such a blessing. And I love getting to see God just like work and move on, on people's behalves. And I, I, I don't know. Anyway, I'm just excited for Brian. But in saying that, um, on Sunday, he talked about this specific story in the Bible that I am going to talk about today because as he was talking about it on Sunday, it was just so good. And he had such great reminders. And I thought, man, I, I have never used that story um, for a podcast or a sermon or anything that I've ever done. And I was like, you know what? I am. It's not my own idea. However, um, isn't it great that uh, the Bible is living because two separate people can take the same story and um, have a message and it's not even the same message. It's the same story, but the message can be totally different depending on who it is that is reading it and what you're going through in your life. And uh, that's why we know that the Bible is alive and, and gives us life because uh, the Bible, his word, it never changes, but the situations and circumstances of our life change, changes. And um, so when that happens, the way that we read God's word changes, right? So anyway, today I, I just had to give Brian a shout out because it's it was not from me, and I was just really really blessed by what he was talking about, and I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna share that blessing with my listeners. So today you may have heard this story 
uh, before and um, if you have, great. Your ears will perk up even more. If you haven't, as always, I encourage you to go back and, and read this for yourself. And today I'm going to do a little something different because usually when I read scripture, I always read from the New King James. Um, I just feel like once I got a revelation of Jesus and God's word, um, I just really felt like I could not stray too far um, from the original like King James version. And, um, you know, I think the message is great. If you are a new Christian and you, you find that the Bible is kind of hard to read, but I'm going to tell you this, if you are reading a new King James or something like that, and you are finding it difficult, I would pose the question that do you have, um, the deepest revelation of God's love for you, of what Jesus did and who Jesus is in your life. And I don't mean that in, in a I'm better than you or, or a condemning way, truly, because I personally feel like my life um, did not change until I understood those things. And um, the way that I read the word changed. So I would encourage you to kind of think about those things. And um, again, not that the message is bad or anything like that, but there's also this other version that is called the Passion Translation, which is another translation that I really, really love. It's not what I read on a regular basis, but a lot of times I'll read certain things and then I, I think, oh, I, I kind of want to see how that's worded in the Passion Translation. And that's exactly what I did with this story. And I really kind of liked how the Passion um worded it. So that's what I'm going to be reading from today. And today we're going to be reading Luke 5 uh, verses 17 through 26. And as always, I think I'm going to read through all of it and then we're going to kind of go back and talk about it because there's so much to take from this and I am literally going to be giving you a few snippets because you know me, I, I could talk forever and I don't want to do that to you guys. So we're going to read it and then we're going to go back through it. So uh, Luke 5, verse 17. One day, many Jewish, Jewish religious leaders, known as Pharisees, along with many religious scholars, came from every village of Galilee, throughout Judea, and even from Jerusalem to hear Jesus teach. And the power of the Lord God surged through him to instantly heal. Some men came to Jesus, carrying a paraplegic man on a stretcher. They attempted to bring him in past the crowd to set him down in front of Jesus. But because there were so many people crowding the door, they had no way to bring him inside. So they crawled onto the roof, dug their way through the roof tiles, and lowered the man, stretcher and all, into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing the demonstration of their faith, Jesus said to the paraplegic man, My friend, your sins are forgiven. The Jewish religious leaders and the religious scholars whispers, whispered objections among themselves. Who does this man think he is to speak such blasphemy? Only God can forgive sins. Does he think he is God? Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Why do you argue in your hearts over what I do and think that it is blasphemy for me to say his sins are forgiven? Let me ask you, which is easier to prove? When I say your sins are forgiven, or when I say stand up, carry your stretcher, and walk. 
Jesus turned to the paraplegic man and said, to prove to you all that I, the Son of Man, have the lawful authority on earth to forgive sins, I say to you now, stand up, carry your stretcher, and go on home, for you are healed. In an instant, the man rose right before their eyes. He stood, picking up his stretcher, and went home, giving God the glory with every step he took. The people were seized with astonishment and dumbfounded over what they had just witnessed, and they all praised God, remarking over and over, Incredible! What an unbelievable miracle we've seen today. I love this story, and I feel like there are a couple points that I want to hit on today. One thing that um, I, I know, I know I've said this in the past, and I'm sure you have too. And while it's partly true, this story and just certain circumstances in my life, and I'm sure some of you can, can attest to in your own life, is, you know, we say things with good intentions. We say things like, um, if the door doesn't open, it must not be your door, right? Those are, we say those things like, well, you know, if, if you're trying for something and it just doesn't work out, then you know what? It just not, it just must not be for you. And today I am begging to differ that quote, because in this situation, had these men, their, their door was, was completely blocked, right? They wanted to bring their friend in, but there were so many people crowding the door that had they thought to themselves, well, I guess since we can't get through this door, you know, I, I don't know, I guess you're just not going to get healed today. Had they had that thought, their friend, not only would he have never received his healing, but he would have never had his sins forgiven. Can we begin to maybe start to understand truly. And you guys know, I've talked about this so many times because again, this is my own life. Can we stop thinking that everything that God has for us is just rainbows and butterflies, right? In this specific story, it says that the man, men, they climbed onto the roof with a paraplegic man. Listen, this is, these stories, this it really happened. These are real grown men. So imagine your dads or your, your husbands, your brothers, I don't know, men in your life, okay? There is a grown man. He is a paraplegic. He cannot walk. I mean, I'm sure he probably maybe had some, uh, some upper body strength, whatever, but he's laying on a stretcher. Then other men are walking him to the roof of a house. Can you imagine how much work that had to take? Can you imagine what they were going through? They never gave up. It says that they were digging their way through the tiles of the roof to get him down to Jesus. I am sorry, but these men were on a mission. They were not about to let anything stand in their way because it wasn't about whether they thought he deserved healing or it was like, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't, maybe, maybe this, maybe that. No, it was like, this guy is receiving healing. This is the man that can give it to us. I don't care what happens come hell or high water. This man is getting healed today and we are getting him to the one that we know has the healing. And can we do that in our own lives? 
we know what God told us to do, and come hell or high water, I am going to bust down this stinking door because I'm getting through it because I know what God told me to do. I know he's the one that equips me, gives me the strength, goes before me, and if he's the one that called me to do this thing, then I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And can you imagine what they had to have looked like? Right? Like there's so many people all around. And not only that, it, I think it's, I think I kind of giggle to myself because it talks about how like the Pharisees and all these religious scholars, they came from all over to see Jesus. Why do you think they all came? Because they, they were hoping to catch him in a lie. It's like, do you ever have haters in your life? I mean, I hate to use that term, but it's kind of, it's real. Do you ever have haters in your life or people that like they act like they're your friend, but really, you know, it's like, you don't really want to see me succeed. You just want to see what I'm doing. You just want to see what I'm up to, right? Do you guys, do you guys have anybody like that in your life where it's like, you kind of act like you care about what I'm doing, but it's really just so you can see what I'm doing. And that's exactly why the Pharisees were there. They came from all over just so they could see Jesus because they wanted to catch him up. They wanted to see what he was up to because to be honest, they were jealous. They thought they were so wise. They thought they were just, you know, holier than thou and that they were doing everything, you know, because they were all about the law, right? That was all they had. They were not comprehending and grasping who Jesus was. So they were trying to catch him up. So imagine all these religious scholars, all these people here and there, you know, there's crowds. Can you imagine what people were saying about these men? I mean, they had to have looked crazy climbing onto a roof, digging the roof off of the house. I mean, I'm kind of sitting over here wondering, like, I wonder who owned the home being like, whoa, man, tearing the roof off of my house, right? So can you imagine what people were thinking? But guess what? They didn't care. They did not care. They had, they were on a mission because they knew this was their one shot. This was their one shot because Jesus never stayed put for too long and they knew it. He was, Jesus was on a mission. So they knew he's not, he may not be here for very long. So we've got to get to him. And if he's the one, we, they didn't care about what it took and they didn't care about what everyone else was saying. I guarantee you people were probably like, what are you doing? Come down from there. Don't crowd Jesus. Don't do this. Don't do that. And again, do we ever have people like that in our life? What are you doing? Don't do that. You look crazy. Stop doing that. Stop acting like that. Stop saying that. That door isn't for you. Would you just leave it alone? Do you ever have people in your life like that? Because I'm telling you today that the people that we need in our life are the men that are carrying the stretcher. Those are the people that we need in our life. Those are the people. And that's exactly why God instituted the church. And, and yes, we have family and praise God for family. And I hope and pray that your family are the ones that will carry you on a stretcher. But sometimes we don't have that in our families. And this is why finding our friends and who we surround ourselves with matters. That's why your church family matters. These are people that believe the way that you do, that they love you and they love God and they want to see you succeed. They want to see you healed. They want to see you forgiven. They want you to see, they want to see you blessed. 
Those are the people. And how many times do we try to please the people that are out mocking us and telling us we're crazy? We don't do what we're supposed to do because we're too worried about the ones that don't even care about us, that don't care about us. We need to be caring about the ones and getting hooked up with the ones that are willing to rip the roof off of the house to carry us up on a stretcher and see us healed. Those are the people. Those are the people that we should care about. Those are the people that we should be spending our time with. Those are the people that we should be getting our encouragement from and our wisdom from. Those people. Because there's enough people in our lives that make us feel less than. But you know what? That didn't stop those men. It didn't stop those men. They weren't waiting for an open door. And they weren't waiting for someone to give them the okay. And they weren't waiting for everyone else to get out of the way for them to accomplish what they needed to get done. They made a way and they did it together. They did it together. They had a plan and they made it happen. And that's exactly what we need. And when we do and when we start making that plan and we link arms with others who love us, believe in us, who love God, who trust God, and we start ripping the roof off, God said, great is your faith. Your sins are forgiven. Because of their faith, he was healed. Can we start praying and believing for our friends? Can we start being the stretcher carriers? Instead of being so concerned about ourselves, can we start caring about caring about our friends that need to be carried? Can we start caring enough about others that we can set our own things aside for just a hot second? Those men, it wasn't like it was a walk in the park to do what they needed to do for their friend, but they believed that for what his he needed. It wasn't easy, but they did it anyway. And that's who we need to be. We need those people and we need to be those people. And then, because of their faith, Jesus moved on that man's behalf. And not only was he healed, his sins were forgiven. And that's what Jesus said to him first. Your sins are forgiven. He received a gift the best gift, which was his sins forgiven. And he may not have thought that at first because what he came for was healing. He, he, didn't, he wasn't asking for his sins to be forgiven. He was asking for healing. But Jesus said, your sins are forgiven and then turned and healed the man. So he received the greatest gift of all which is his sins forgiven and then the benefit the benefit of Jesus is receiving his healing but it wasn't until there was a hard journey and a hard few things that had to happen for him to receive the gift and the benefit of what Jesus had for him and we have to remember that we have to remember that it's not always easy. And sometimes we have to make our own door. 
But that doesn't mean that it's not what God has for us. You guys, I'm telling you right now, when it comes to ministry, it's hard. But it's the biggest, most rewarded blessing of my life. But how much better it is when I have stretcher carriers with me. That's what I need and that's what I want and that's what you need and that's what you want because God created us for one another. That man would have never received his healing or his sins forgiven had he not been carried by his friends. I don't know about you, but I, I want those friends and I want to be that friend. There is so much packed into this story that I could continue on. But I just think it's amazing that there were hard things, but they still received. And that's what God has for us. That's what he has for you. So are you willing to work hard? Are you willing? But see, you don't have to do it alone, right? It wasn't one man carrying his paraplegic friend. It was many friends. You, you don't have to do it alone. You don't. So getting hooked up. And God has your people. And I'm also here to tell you, it doesn't mean that they're your best friend. You might be sitting here and thinking, well, Danielle, I don't have any friends. I, don't, I, I can't even think of a single person that would do that for me. I'm going to tell you this. If you have a church family, those are the people that would do it for you. It doesn't mean that they're your best friends and you're doing something with them every single day. No, these are people that love God and because they love God and they receive his love, they in turn want to give that love and they in turn love you and will pray for you and be there for you and carry you. That's who those people are. So it's okay if you feel like you don't have the best friend in the whole world and all these people surrounding you 24-7. That's not what this is about. It's not about that. It's about being hooked up where God has you hooked up. That's what it's about. And if you start making moves, God will place those people in your life and you will be blown away at what he has for you. And he'll start helping you rip that roof off. Amen. So I hope today that you are encouraged. I hope that you're encouraged to be the stretcher carrier. And I hope you're encouraged to find those people and to link arms with those people. That you could trust God enough to do the work, to make a door, to receive your blessing. I'm here today that there is blessing on the other side of making your own door. And sometimes, listen, sometimes we barely even have to tap on a door and it blows wide open. And other times we're climbing on top of the roof and digging the tiles off just to get in. And that's okay. One is not greater or worse than the other. It just means they're different. And through the process, that's when our faith grows because God has a reason And he has something that he was teaching us and helping us to grow in when we've got to start digging the roof off.
Amen. I hope you're encouraged today. I hope that you can share this message, as I always say, far and wide, that others will come to know just how much Jesus loves them. And listen, you guys, this Sunday is Easter, my favorite, favorite, favorite Resurrection Sunday. And I hope that you guys will join us. We have an awesome service plan for you. 180 Church, Sterling, Illinois, 10 a.m. I would love to see you there. We have a family service, so bring your kids. It'll be a great time just celebrating our risen Lord. So thankful that we are the generation that gets to have Jesus all day, every day. We don't have to do this alone. So come see us, hang out with us. We'd love to see you there. Share this message. Be blessed. And I'll see you here next week at That Girl.